welcome to GMI, the Guitar and Music Institute podcast number 40. If you're a teacher of guitar on one-to-one, then you may be interested in this podcast. I'm talking to Chris Dixon about community guitar groups. And Chris has developed a community guitar group in a place called East Lothian, which is 25 miles away from Edinburgh city centre. It's a thriving community and I didn't really know much about community guitar groups and it was great to actually meet Chris again, someone who I've known on and off and used to teach many, many years ago. Coming up is all about Chris and his life in music and how he got into the job he now does. I think you're going to find this of real interest and see how it can benefit not just one or two people but the greater community that you live in. Just because you're listening to this podcast, why not come over to the gmiguitarshop.com. You can get 15% off with the code that you can see on our website, which is available to view at guitarmusicinstitute.com. I'm trying to keep my intros a little bit briefer these days, so hopefully I'm managing to do that. So without further ado, let's get right into it with my interview with Chris Dixon about community guitar groups. Chris, hello. It's great to actually be looking face-to-face with the person you're actually uh, interviewing, which isn't normal for me. I think you're the third person. Good to see you. How are you today? Yeah, very well. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, as you know, this goes all around the world. seems to be an inordinate amount of people in America listen to this podcast. And today it's about community guitar groups. And I know that you run a community guitar group. And I thought, why not get Chris over to talk about community guitar groups? <laughs> so... First of all, could you maybe tell the folk listening a little bit about yourself, your background, and then maybe tell us about the community guitar group that you run? Okay, sure. So um, I I grew up in Santa Cruz in California, and that's where my musical training um, came to its fruition to a certain extent. I started playing guitar probably when I was about nine years old, and um, it was just learning in school, so uh, in primary school. And... um, what we did was, you know, I would come home and, and we'd learn a few chords, you know, the usual stuff. And I would come home and I would listen to my parents' Beatles records and just try and figure out the melody lines on, like, the E string or something, you know, which um, was really my start. And then from there, took private lessons and did a little bit of classical stuff. Um, and then it really started when we moved to... That That, that was in Hong Kong, actually. I lived in Hong Kong for wow. a while. Yeah. So, but, why, uh, why is your dad in the army or something like that? Uh, we were on the run, you know. <laughs> you were on the run, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, he, he worked for uh, an electronics company, uh-huh. various ones. But, um, but um, yeah, we ended up in um, Northern California, in Silicon Valley, as a result of that, and in Santa Cruz specifically. So, when I moved there, it was like, I think 1984 or something like that. And um, What age would you have been then? Uh, about 13, about okay. 13. So, been playing for a few years, and um, of course, at that point, you started to hear guys like Van Halen and um, some of the heavy metal stuff, and especially if you, you lived in that part of the world. So, of course, as soon as I heard uh, Eruption, you know, uh, that, that was uh, my ticket to buying an electric guitar and uh, going down that route. Um, but that was really my start. And then from there, um, I studied at, um, at high school and privately went on to um, join the jazz band, um, was part of my high school jazz band, and 
One of the great things that I like about the American setup is that they really have this fantastic infrastructure within schools to promote the arts. Um, they have extracurricular jazz bands, orchestras, all that kind of stuff. We do that stuff here too, but I don't think it's on the same kind of level. I mean, the, the, the high school jazz bands go out and they tour and, and stuff like that that we just don't really um, do as much of. My jazz band, my high school jazz band practices started at 7 a.m. So we would get in for school at 7 a.m. We would do an hour practice every single morning going through the charts and... Um, and then start your regular school day. And it's like, if you sign up for that, that's what you commit to and that's what you have to do, you know? Um, I think it's part of um, possibly their um, frame of mind, their state of mind, you know? Um, again, I think they also have this infrastructure that allows that. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, again, this ties in with the community stuff because they, they foster that from, from a structured point of view. It's not ad hoc, it's not as grassroots necessarily as what we do over here in Scotland. Um, it is more formal, I think. And that, do you think it's more individualistic in Europe as opposed to America? Yeah, I think so. Um, so well, I can't speak for Europe as a whole, but certainly my experiences of, of Britain, I think that would be true. Yeah. Right. From the States, we, I moved over here to mm -hmm. Scotland. and um, So what age was, was that, Chris? I think I was about 21. The reason I know Chris is because I used to teach in a further education college in Edinburgh and they had a, a course, a, a two-year course, and I was fortunate enough to meet and teach Chris on that course. And we've, like so many of the students that I had back then, we've kept in contact on and off as the years have flown by. I went to Glasgow first. I went to Clydebank College, who have a great music program. Um, and I did electronic music and recording over there for a year. And then moved over to Edinburgh to do um, the uh, pop popular music studies, I think, or modern musicianship, I think it was called um, at the time. And that was at Julianesque Valley College, which I think is now Edinburgh, it is, yes. Edinburgh College. Edinburgh. Yeah. After that, I went down to Barnsley College and um, did the Popular Music Studies course down there. So is that a degree? Um, yes, that's right, yeah. So did you just do, so was that an extra two years or just a year? It was, um, it was two years, but two years. actually I left after a year because I had done about um, five, five or six years of studying music and I actually got to the point where um, I, I was... Um, I just wanted to do something else. So did you become disillusioned? A little bit. I think so, yeah. So I can't remember the exact motivation behind sort of stopping playing, if you like. I think I had, as you say, probably just disillusionment. But ultimately, the calling to come back and play music was stronger. So, um, you know, I, I, I did come back to that. Um, it was always going to happen, I think. But shortly after that, I got um, asked if I could teach guitar. Uh, I had been doing a little bit of lessons privately from my house, but um, one of my colleagues was teaching piano at Mansfield School of Music. So Which is going to come up very shortly. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so she asked me, can, can you um, teach? I thought, oh, yeah, I think so. So I went along and was invited to audition for Roy McGilvery, who owned the music school at the time. And we sat and we had a chat, and um, I think I played him some, some stuff. Um, and um, he said, well, you know, you, you seem like the right guy for the job, so when can you start, sort of thing. So I initially only had, I think, a Thursday night, maybe two or three lessons. And that just grew. 
Um, Roy was really helpful in just, you know, I've got another person for guitar, would you like to teach them? And so. so you do teach a community guitar group out of Mansfield School of Music, but you uh, managed to clear up why it was called Mansfield, because Mansfield is a, a northern English town and the actual Mansfield School of Music is in a place called Musselburgh, yep. which is in East Lothian, uh, yep. about 25 miles or so out of Edinburgh. So the reason it's called Mansfield? Is because it was Roy's middle name. So Roy right. Mansfield McGilvery. Yeah. Ah, absolutely. Okay. Yes. So that was, that was yeah. Uh, yeah, enlightenment. Yeah, so you had this first, you started doing Thursdays and, and enjoyed it? Absolutely, and um, that just grew, and um, eventually, uh, at my peak, I think I had about 40 students a week, all being taught between the hours of uh, 6 o'clock and 9 p.m., so, you know, uh, not a lot of free time in that respect. At this time, essentially a full-time musician, because at that point in my life, I was doing Midlothian Council um, guitar instruction through the schools, I was teaching... Uh, Monday through Friday in the evenings, I think Saturday morning as well. And I was also playing in a wedding band, um, so out doing gigs every week. And it was great, I really enjoyed it. Um, so there was a lot going on at that time, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Chris, so from all of that background, um, can you tell us how we get to the East Lothian Community Guitar Group? Is there a thread from uh, the Mansfield School of Music? Yeah, absolutely. Well, East Lothian is um, East Lothian guitar lessons, I should say, is is still private tuition essentially. I decided to rebrand to a certain extent and um, and and use that rebranding to create an internet presence um, and then marketing and and so on and so forth. And I think um, you know that's even more valuable today. In fact, it's the only way to do business today, really. So, When you say that there's this community aspect running through the guitar group, yeah. how would you define that as opposed to a person just teaching guitar? Say? Absolutely. So one of the great things about working with Mansfield School of Music is that I am a guitar teacher who is part of that school. We also have drum lessons. We also have... Um, singing lessons, violin, piano, it's very, very, bagpipes if you would like to do that, it's uh, fantastic, you know. And uh, Caitlin McGilvery, Roy's daughter, and Jamie Lang, who is her business partner in Mansfield School of Music, they um, decided that, sadly Roy passed away a few years ago, but Caitlin and Jamie decided they would take on his business. We agreed that the the partnership between Mansfield and East Lothian Guitar Lessons worked very well, so we kept that intact. And Caitlin is instrumental in running all sorts of great um, shows, concerts and so on within the community, so especially within Musselburgh and East Lothian. And she puts together uh, all sorts of showcases for the music school, um, charity events and also runs a theatre group within the music school so um, very very active and all of these individual aspects guitar piano etc they all feed into that so these groups if you like that are run through Mansfield of, uh, School of Music are not necessarily all you don't have to pay to join them there, uh, there's there's many many different Things even within Musselburgh, there's the uh, the youth players, for example, um, and they are constantly looking for musicians. So they they're taking children and putting them into um, amateur shows, and of course they want 
musicians to to play that stuff so am i getting this right the, the community aspect is the fact that it actually pulls from a whole different artist artistic artistic even if i could speak yeah. disciplines <laughs> yeah and and in that sense it goes right across the the whole the whole area the whole region absolutely you're... yes what is the demographic is it mainly young people that you're dealing with for the, the theatre groups and things like that, um, the, it is mainly young people, um, uh, uh, high school kids and, and primary kids and uh, a few, a few um, university kids as well. In terms of um, my specific demographic of guitar, um, that actually is a whole separate subject because um, I'll give you an example. Um, what I found is that six years ago, say, uh, my demographic was teenage boys. They wanted to learn rock music and, and they would come along and I'd have cues of these guys out the door wanting to learn guitar. My main demographic now is primary children and retired people. And that's very interesting. It's moved that way over the last five years. Do you think there's more retired people leaving earlier? With um, I think that's part of it, that, that retired people... Um, are younger? Are, yeah, are younger and they, you know, they, they need to be doing stuff. Um, but uh, they also are, are fantastic clients, I should say, because one of the, the things that it is, if you have a primary student, or, or I get this a lot, I get, hi, my, my son, who is six years old, really wants to learn the guitar. Okay, does he? Does he really? Or are you just suggesting to him that he learn the guitar? I mean, you know, we that's fine, we can do that, but... When you're six years old, do you really know what you want to do? It's a case of you know trying lots of different things and seeing, um, seeing what you like, I suppose. But with a, a retired person, they are more of the frame of mind that well, you know what? I've always wanted to learn guitar, so I'm going to um, contact this guy who is going to charge me money to to um, to teach me guitar. So they're more aware of the um, commitment required. Uh, both financially in terms of time to actually sit down and and do it. So actually, I really enjoy teaching people that are retired because they actually put the work in. <laughs> now, getting back to yeah. uh, Mansfield School yeah. of Music, do you own that school in a sense, private school, own yeah. its own buildings? Yes. Right. So how does that work out? How would that work out for people around the world listening to this who might think that's a quite a good idea, putting together something more than say just me giving guitar lessons yeah. and actually reaching out to other disciplines, artistic disciplines and instrument teachers, you know, that must be a real issue um, in getting places to actually, that are big enough to, to take that. Actually, so it, it is out there if you can, if you want to look for it. You have to sit and go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to run a business here. You know, this is my business. What do I need? Do I want to run it from a physical location? Because as we all know, in this day and age, you can run guitar lessons without a physical location. That's not a problem, um, as, as, as GMI do to a certain extent. But, you know, there is that, there's still that demand for people to come to a physical location to learn from a real person, which, which um, I think will never go away, really, um, as much as the internet is, is a huge player in, in, in guitar lessons these days. Um, there is still a huge demand. I still get calls. I, I had a, um, a call this morning about, can I come and get guitar lessons, please? And any part, aspect of your business, um, that, or if you're thinking about you know, starting a guitar um, school or, or, or a tuition service or anything like that, 
that stuff is out there. Um, either you just go down the route of just trying to find a, a building that you can use uh, or rent, um, or the other aspect is that you do get involved in more of a community sense and look at community centers um, or other aspects or other buildings which would be willing to rent you a certain amount of space. Um, churches come to mind. They, they, um, they always have extra areas within the church, extra rooms and so on, which they're quite happy to um, either rent out or, or, or let people have them sometimes for free. I suppose the great thing about community scenarios is that you're having different people of different ages who play different instruments. Yeah. So there's a great chance of, you know, bouncing ideas of musical ideas and, and groups forming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a big thing because um, really that's something that I think is missing from the internet at the moment. One of the things that you don't get in the internet is that immediate physical interaction with actual human beings where you say, hey, I, I think I might like to, you know, form a band with you. Um, and that's an important thing because at the end of the day, we still learn to play guitar for a performance reason. I mean, some people are quite happy to sort of pick up the guitar and learn to play it and sit in their bedroom playing it. But I think really everybody picks up the guitar because they want to show other people that they can play the guitar. And um, forming a band with someone is the sort of pinnacle of that really you know you get together with someone and uh, you know you, you play music so being in an environment where you can talk to other musicians or other guitarists um, and, and, and high school is actually very good for that as well um, there's, there's some great stuff happening in, in, in Scottish high schools at the moment there's all that sort of community aspect and the interaction between human beings um, I would like to talk a little bit about a couple of the other um, schools, if you like, or, or, or community centres. You took are, the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, that's which, exactly what I was about to ask. Yeah, which are in East Lothian. One of them being Lamp House in Haddington, which is in East Lothian. And they basically run a sort of, I guess it's like a rock school, to, 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 to put it in really simple terms. Come along and, um, you know, we will show you how to play in a band. And the other one is um, Red House over in Port Seaton. Does it have to have house? But I guess it does, yeah. yeah. It's East Lothian, so the East yeah. Lothian thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, um, and both of these, think, I think Red House actually is, is, is even more community in that it's just possibly just a nominal um, fee that you show up and you pay a couple of quid or something like that. And and um, they they try and um, organize you know all these these guys into bands and and um, and organize um, gigs and things for 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 these bands that. So do you do you work with these other community groups from time to time? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I have done is feed them, feed them guitarists, um, and that again is is an important part of the community aspect. Um, in the, a lot of these guys that I've taught have gone in and been able to go into these um, environments and, and play very successfully. Callum Beatty, who is one of my students, who is um, doing very, very well at the moment. He's got singles out. He's, um, he was, oh, really? So I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So he came to me for lessons. He's from Musselbrook and then, and then went over and did um, the stuff over at Red House. And then and also Johnny Pearson, who's doing very well for himself as well. So one of the questions I've got here in front of me, it's an yeah. interesting one, is do music schools still have a place in the community in 2019? 
Yeah, very much so, um, because it becomes that hub of people meeting each other. Um, and it becomes an activity where um, people, you know, children, uh, children uh, teenagers, whatever, um, adults as well, to a certain extent, can go take their um, whatever they've been learning and focus it on something. As we all know, we're becoming more and more of an internet society. So rather than actually going out, we're quite happy to sit in and look at our tablets or uh, you know, YouTube, your phone, whatever you want to watch. And, you know, that's great and there's lots of advantages of doing that. But at the same time, I think there needs to be more of a movement towards people getting together and, and actually, you know, playing music. You were talking about people, if they wanted to set up their own community guitar association or group, the first thing they'll need is space. Yep. And you were talking about perhaps thinking about churches, mm -hmm. totally get that, maybe even schools. How much money does it cost people to start up because you would have to do things like advertising I guess mm -hmm. and get the message out there can you give us some idea about the sort of costs involved generally well I think um to do um let's let's talk about a community group in the sense of I just want to get some people together to play some music to potentially teach them um, how to play guitar better and to get them all playing um, a song better and potentially take them forward to performing. And I want to get these people from you know the, the lo locality, if you like, and just have a hub for them um, to to do that. So there's my goal. So I think in terms of um, how much that's going to cost, probably very little to start with, because you talk there about advertising, Facebook, Facebook, and one of the ways that I would do that is I would um, join your local community group. So. Uh, you know, it, where I'm from, it would be the, the Musselboro, the Musselboro Facebook page, for example. So you go on there and say, hello there, I live in Musselboro, I'd like to join your page. So you get accepted and then you say, hi everyone, I would like to put together a community guitar group. I, here's what I would like to do, I'd like to teach you some songs, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to get everybody playing those songs and um, anyone is welcome. And then you'd see what sort of response you get to that. Uh, and if, you know, a few people say, hey, that's a great idea, I'd really like to do that, then you can start looking at, well, where do we do it? And at that point, you can um, start to contact various places. It might be the local community center, it might be a church. Um, you probably don't want to be renting a, a, a space on a permanent basis at that point, because then that becomes a business, as opposed to a community uh, a community group, if you like. There are plenty of spaces that are, are community... Sorry, um, Chris, just to cut across yeah. you. What, what, um, what is the definition of a community association doing anything, in a sense? Is it, it has to be not-for-profit? It's a good question. I think that I define between private lessons and community guitar groups in a different way. So East Lothian Guitar Lessons... Whilst it feeds into the community um, and also feeds into Mansfield and also um, places like, uh, you know, Lamp House and Haddington and so on, um, there's that community aspect of that. But that still has a, a, um, a fee attached to it in a certain sense in that, yes, there's ultimately the goal to, not the ultimate goal, but part of the goal is you want to make some profit. You want to run a business. Um, I think that when we talk about a community group, it's something that you're trying to um, encourage people within the community to 
get together to do something that's worthwhile. And that shouldn't really cost a lot of money to these people that are wanting to do it. It also shouldn't really cost a lot of money to the person who's trying to organize it. So you have to balance that with what is my goal here? What exactly is it going to cost me? Or what is it going to cost the people that I want to have involved in this? It, it depends how you define it, as you say, but um, I, in, in this particular instance, I'm talking about a community group where you're just trying to get people together to play some music and to learn from each other. Specifically talking about East Lothian Guitar Lessons, which I guess isn't, it is sort of a community, it's part of a bigger community, yeah. but it's certainly a business. Yeah. What do you teach the people that come to, do you uh, teach them exams, uh, take them through exam courses, anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do the associated board exams, we do the rock school exams, and the Trinity exams. Um, so uh, the rock school stuff, I think, is great. If you want to learn rock, then that is probably one of the best structures that you can use because it, it is very structured. You go from a debut grade all the way up to grade eight, um, and you know if you can accomplish grade eight, then you're really good guitar player you know really good guitar player and the same is true of the associated board and the trinity stuff but that really is more um classical though they have um started to publish more pop and rock stuff i think that rock school sort of beat them to it in that respect the format they use um i think is fantastic it's subjective obviously but part of the reason that i use that is because the sqa which is the scottish qualifications authority recognizes Um, all three of those actually as valid um, exam material. So if if you have a student that comes along and says, well, I'm doing doing music in high school and I I need to get through my my exam in high school, then you can use that rock school stuff or that associated board material and um, it it is recognized and and, and valid um, as material to use for an exam, which is important. Do you need to have lots of gear and tech stuff? Oh, okay. Do people uh, expect that when they, they come? I keep it really basic, to be honest, in terms of the actual gear. Um, you know, I'm specifically doing guitar lessons, but within Mansfield School of Music, we have drum kits and all that kind of stuff. I use a couple of small amplifiers, and um, actually my setup for teaching guitar, and this is something that guitar teachers might be, might be interested in, because I found it very, very useful is I use one amplifier and I have a, a special pedal board that I've created which is very very cheap actually you can get this for um, less than a hundred quid I think but basically I have the first thing is you you ask the student to bring along their own the guitar um, one of the things I get asked a lot is you know I want to take guitar lessons do I need a guitar which to any I know that one. yeah <laughs> which to any guitar teacher you, you're gonna laugh at that but it's a genuine question you get it all the time and the answer of course is well, yes, you need to practice at home. Coming to a guitar lesson is only half an hour or an hour of your week. You then need to go and put in five times as much as that on your own. So you need a guitar. So my students will bring a guitar and a lead, and they plug into a splitter box. So I have an A-B splitter on my board, which means that I can um, switch between my guitar or their guitar or use both at the same time. That then goes into a multi-effects unit. I just use a, an, an inexpensive one. I think it's a Zoom, so that we can dial in any sound we like. And what I actually like about the Zoom one is that they have onboard drums, so you can get a, a beat going really quickly. 
And then the last bit in the chain is a looper pedal, and then that goes out to the amp. So I really only need one amp, and this is this is what I use. This isn't this isn't what you need? You just need a couple of guitars, nylon strings, whatever you want. You know, you, you don't need to spend a lot of money on on stuff. But this is what I use, and the advantages of using this is that you can very very quickly just record a backing track. You can go, okay, here's some chords I want you to play over. So you start your drum beat, turn on your looper, play your chord progression, and then let it loop and let that student um, solo over the top or, or whatever the lesson happens to be. And the great thing is that you can record them doing it and play it back to them and go, this is what you sound like. What do you That's think? really helpful, isn't it, for people to actually hear themselves. Hear themselves play, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Technologies. Just mind-boggling. Do, do you do Skype lessons just as an aside? Um, yeah, I do. I do um, Skype lessons. Um, I have a, a designated night where I do that because um, uh, I, I need to be in... Uh, well, I say that. I, I, I was going to say I need to be at my house to do that, but actually I now do it from the music school. Um, I teach uh, on a Tuesday night, and then um, as soon as my last lesson, uh, I think it's about 8, eight o'clock or something, I, I, I switch from doing in-person lessons to doing Skype lessons on a Tuesday night. Well, that's great because, um, obviously, most of the people listening to this podcast won't be in East Lothian. Absolutely, yeah. So, just as a, a little bit of a... I guess you've told us all about the community guitar stuff and yeah. how to think about moving into that. Now it's time for your little advert. Um, sure. Can you are you willing to say how much it would cost people for lessons or give them a ballpark figure if they should want to come to you, and also in a sense, what should people charge if they they want to charge for giving absolutely guitars? yeah it's a good question um if if you come to me for lessons you're looking at about um fifteen pounds for a half hour lesson which is really the sort of going rate amongst guitar teachers at the moment um if if you're a, so what's that in dollars, Chris? In dollars, uh, it's you falling know, pound, nineteen dollars uh, maybe. Yeah, about that. You know, yeah. so I think if you're in America and you're charging about twenty dollars for a, a thirty-minute lesson, that's probably the going rate. I don't know, maybe it's twenty-five. Um, but what you should do is, if you're thinking about getting into that, is look at um, you know your local area or your internet and and look at what other people are charging. Um, and then undercut them. And then undercut them. Yeah. Well. The, um, Ah, here's the thing. You don't undercut people. It's a race to the bottom. No, no, no. You, what you do is um, you've got to be a bit more clever about it. You've got to, you've got to have special rates. So here's your rate, 15, uh, you know, 15 pounds or $20 an hour, whatever you want to charge. Uh, and then you have packages that you put together. So if you get this package, it's going to cost you a little bit less. If you have this package, it's going to cost you a little you know, it'll cost you that much. But, um, you know, from a business point of view, you know, there are a lot of aspects to think about. Um, you know, gone are the days where you could just be a guitar teacher. You now have to be a business person. Teaching guitar is um, a, a percentage of what you do as a guitar teacher. You also have to think about your marketing. You also have to think about the business side of it. You know, um, are you paying your taxes, uh, all the accounting, etc., etc. And there's also disclosure. There's yes. Dis yeah. yeah In Scotland, just for the listeners, we have a thing called Disclosure Scotland. So anyone who's involved in teaching young people or people perhaps who are vulnerable, yeah. you need to go through this thing called Disclosure Scotland. 
Do you know if they have that in America, Chris? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what the American system yeah. is. Um, that certainly is something that... You know, we keep um, talking about America, sorry. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, there's many countries in the world. But just, oh, just Australia, Australia. Just has been to, we, could, we should actually be talking about Hong Kong as well. Hong Kong, yeah, absolutely. And Australia, I was born there. So. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> is there any countries yeah. you haven't been to? Right, OK. Uh, yeah, there's a few, but... Uh, <laughs> Chris, thanks for giving us your time and the benefit of your experience and knowledge in this area. Okay. Uh, we want to hear what people think about it and hopefully we'll hear of some new guitar communities springing up around the world. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, go for it, folks. You know, start teaching. It's great. It's really great. Well, that wraps it up for another episode from GMI. I've been really heartened to see that hundreds of people have been downloading the podcast the last two months. Suddenly, out of nowhere, there's been a real shoot-up in the amount of people who are actually listening to the podcast, which is very heartening to know that I'm not just talking to myself. (laughs) So, if you've enjoyed this podcast, or indeed any of the podcasts that I've created for GMI, then please share them. It's always welcome to know that it's getting out there. It's, It's a real shot in the arm to see such high numbers starting to download it. For some reason, really popular in America... And the next one is the UK, followed by Japan. So hello to everyone out there in Japan. I'm going to try and make another podcast real soon before the Christmas holidays. We'll have to wait and see what comes up. Got a few irons in the fire. Um, But wherever you are in the world listening to this, from me, Jed Brocky, thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the, or I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.